So, welcome back to the Birdie Bug Pod, episode 19. Um, has it been a... Uh... Has it been three weeks? It, we are on holiday. schedule. So after however many times of us saying we're really chuffed to be on schedule, we we did take a bit of a break. We did mention that we were going on holiday. Well, we, that, we, that's not a bad excuse, no, is it? We the fact that we were away. Yeah, and um, it has provided some nice content as well, which is good. Well, it has, and actually uh, today's episode is uh, relates to obviously our holiday. We went to hol- on holiday to Croatia. My first time in Croatia, not yours, because no, you've been to time. Dubrovnik. My first time in Croatia, fell in love with the place, and that's what our episode is going to be all about. Yeah, and so to save us from doing an entire catch-up and just talking about our holiday, we will save the Croatian chat for after catch-up, do a little bit about the holiday itself, but then the episode's actually just about the wildlife, biodiversity, ecology... Yeah, of, a few fun facts yeah, and things of like Croatia, that. as well as looking at some of the pressures... Uh, and some of the work that's being done to help the wildlife out there. So it's a little bit of a dive into the natural history of, of Croatia just because we absolutely loved the wildlife that we saw uh, and some of the habitats are absolutely incredible. So we, we we both wanted to look into it a bit more and hopefully it's a, an interesting topic. Yeah, as ever, you know, I've when I've done the research for a, for an episode, you just find out such you know, really good stuff and um, I've found out so much more about Croatia uh, Doing yeah, I now need to this. go back because there's a few things so I want to see. So we definitely need to go back because it's an amazing country and um, we had such a fantastic we holiday We did have a there, lovely time. Uh, but we'll kick it off as as usual with a, with a quick catch-up. Yeah, but well, you've got a good catch-up. Yeah, I actually do for a change. Um, the weekend after we got back from holiday, I went to the Nepa State with some friends. Um, I only went for one day. They actually stayed in that area for a couple but considering how close it is to, well, you in particular. Well, it's very close to me. It's 20 minutes up the road from Yeah, me. I can't believe I hadn't been yet. And so for those that don't know, it's essentially a big patch of land that's been rewilded. It's like a working rewilding project. Um, they've got huge amounts of deer there. They've introduced uh, some pigs that sort of act as what wild boar would do and they're free roaming in the area as well. And it's just a really nice mixture of habitat. So... Whereas a lot of the UK is quite heavily overgrazed, um, you've got quite a good uh, variety of different levels. You've got sort of grasslands, some yeah. shrubbier land, proper forests as well. Uh, so I met up with some friends there, mainly to see purple emperor butterflies, um, which I had seen in the New Forest before, uh, but we did we did see them again. And normally you only see them flying quite high up in the canopy, normally around oak trees, and you don't really get a good view. It's just a large butterfly sort of um, silhouette. But we were lucky enough that one came down to feed on, on the floor. And so we got like a really nice view of the purple emperor butterflies. Uh, other highlights, I won't chat too long, were obviously seeing the storks there. Yeah, it's just amazing, quite yeah. surreal <laughs> just to see them Did sat on the they introduce beavers there as well? I think they have done. I don't know if beavers are at the Oh, map. okay. I, yeah. th- I thought I read an article about the fact that they'd introduced beavers in a in a contained area. But I could be wrong about that. I didn't think they were. No, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaking that with another place. But oh no, I've just googled it. Uh, there aren't there are beavers. In yeah, the I thought state. I thought I'd read it somewhere because, I mean, shamelessly, I I've been meaning to go to the Nepa State for some time. It is only twenty minutes up the road from me. Oh and well, I'm gutted that I didn't see. It. I yeah, and it is nocturnal. It is one of the. Uh, largest rewilding projects actually in, yeah. in certainly in the southeast of England, maybe in the whole of England. Okay, I'm not well, sure. I'm going to have to go back because I didn't see a beaver, um, although it would be an evening activity. You can also do proper safaris, they take you around. Uh, we didn't do that. You can glamp there as well, I think. There is also just a place to pitch tents yeah. and camp, sort of I normally. They had sort, of, sort of yurts yeah. and things, but I could be wrong um, about that too. But. The other cool things, we, we saw a lot of deer, which was it's always nice, a lot of fallow deer. But I saw my first ever living stoats. Yes, I've never seen one. They are much smaller mm. than I thought they were going to be. And we are a bit concerned that we disrupted its hunt because one of my friends went, oh, look, a rabbit. And then we're like, oh, look, a stoat. Oh, OK. Um, and they, these little stoats were running along what looked like, a, well, it's essentially just a little channel um, along the side of the forest. And 
dipping in and out of little holes, but right. surprisingly small. Yeah. But very cool to see. I've just never seen a very a good hunters, stoat. I believe. Stoats. Yeah. I think a bit like pine martins and things yeah, like that. I think kinda... seeing a stoat hunt a rabbit was one of my earliest like uh, David Attenborough documentary moments on the life of mammals. Yeah. The original one. I'm not sure what the difference is between a stoat and a weasel. Do you? Um, I'm. I see. I I should, but I don't. And no. they're part of the same family, yeah. with different species. Is what I'm going to say. <laughs> but yeah. So my my main catch up was the fact I finally made it to a nep. Uh, I've only seen a fraction of it definitely want to go back yeah. um so many birds of prey flying in the sky yeah, so that's many why i need to go because i say it's 20 minutes up the road from me and i've uh, it's a place i've been meaning to go for a while i've wanted to go there and um and your mum has wanted to come with me but of course she's got a very damaged knee at the moment so yeah and i feel a bit guilty about going to the nep state for the first time first time without taking her because she really wants to go to and she can't walk very far at the moment so i've held off and held off so yeah it's definitely it is worth visiting yeah. once you once you get, i've just done it's another a, it, it's, it's an amazing um project actually uh the nepa state yeah and it's becoming sort of really well known for for the yeah it's featured in quite yeah, a few yeah, shows absolutely um, but if in you fact, are... i think they've even mentioned that a couple of times in spring watch and things like that about rewilding projects that are going on around uh, the country and the Nepa state does come up because they're doing some really good stuff there. Well, if you ever are in the sort of southeast of England, definitely worth definitely worth a visit. Again, I've just done a very quick search. Uh, stoats and weasels are both mustelids, which are a family. So I was right, same family, yeah. different species of mam- of carnivorous mammals. We actually have seven mustelids in the UK, which is stoat, weasel, badger, pine martin, American mink, and polecat. Oh, and badger's otter. part of that family. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Same family. Anyway, that's my catch up. Well, that's a pretty good catch up. It makes a change. I've left the um, house. My catch up is an expensive one. <laughs> cause but equally, is it's actually probably more it, oh, exciting. Um, I'm, I keep just staring at it. I've, um, I've been deliberating for some time about going mirrorless. If you're a photographer, um, you'll know about mirrorless cameras. If you're not, it's just the new technology. Things move on. I've had my... Uh, DSLR camera that I'm used for bird photography. It's uh, 2015, I think, so I've had it eight years. Um, and I've finally taken the plunge. A little bit of money came my way uh, via a little inheritance, and I've blown the lot <laughs> and bought a Nikon Z9, which is a monster. Is the uh, the the flagship Nikon mirrorless camera so I've done about two or three jumps instead of one to be fair you did get a second hand one I did get a second hand one uh, a mint condition one which actually my last two cameras well sorry my last camera and lens has been uh, mint condition used ones you know reuse recycle all of that kind of it's good money saver it is also a good yeah it's a a good practice to get into so but um, I think when it comes to things like camera gear where you do drop a lot of money you can save quite a lot yeah. by going well, I saved £800 by going mint use and the one that I've bought is absolutely squeaky mint I'm very happy with it I've just got to learn how to use it it's a very different uh, way of working to a you're looking through an optical viewfinder to a, a you know to an electronic one lots of new gadgets. in there but it's part of the fun is learning how but to I'm use it but I'm absolutely loving it and I, I'm one of these sad people that uh, I've got the camera sitting on a table in front of me and I just stared at it for and it's about sat half on a an cloth. hour. And it's... <laughs> don't tell them it's that. It's basically on a red velvet Please pillow. Please don't tell them that your mum's making a little bag to put to wrap round it when I put it in my camera bag. Don't tell them that. We are a bit particular about keeping You, you won't tell them that, would you? No, I would never. No, okay, you wouldn't, you wouldn't grasp me up, would no. you? But I would do the same. Yeah. I, I, You and I are one of the only... Uh, you're the only other person I know who puts the screen protector on the back of their camera. Yeah, it's but, ordered... Yeah, I think it's done. turning up on Monday. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a whole new level of fun and uh, So go follow A Bird in the Lens for the next set of photos with the brand new camera. Yeah. See if you can tell which ones are the Z9 and which ones are yeah. DSLR. I hope you can. <laughs> anyway, even if you can't, I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so Anyway, so that's really my catch-up. It's a big one. It's an expensive one. It's a very exciting one. And uh, I've I've only had it two days. I've only been out with it for the about... The weather's been awful. Yeah, weather's 
been awful since I got it. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to using it. I'm going out for a little skive off work tomorrow around a little wetland centre to have a little practice with it. And uh, hopefully you'll see the results as my PR is- company over there <laughs> has plugged me shamelessly and said, Take a look on the bird in the lens because yeah. you'll uh, you'll see a few new pictures. It's fitting anyway. The wetland centres where I where we've always gone to learn. Yeah, it's a nice place Absolutely. to go and take. That's a place go and take some ducks. Yeah, I love the ducks. So that's pretty much our catch up. We really ought to crack on. Yeah, with the uh, with the Croatia chat. Croatian chat. I think what we'll do is we'll start. We'll we'll finish with the stuff that we've seen when we were there. Yeah, uh, and we'll start with the actual information about Croatia itself, and then we'll end all, the episode with a little. Maybe, you know, our favourite couple of species that we saw um, yes. as a nice way to, to sign off the yeah. Croatian episode. I'm sure I'm sure you all know where Croatia is. Um, it's obviously a country on the northwestern edge of the Balkan Peninsula, which is in southern Europe, um, formerly part of Yugoslavia, uh, as Serbia and Montenegro and Bosnia and Herzegovina were all parts of Yugoslavia, which... Um, I won't. I'm not going to go into the history too much of it. But after the um, after the second, uh, sorry, the First World War, they formed an alliance between them all. It then became Yugoslavia. After the Second World War, it became Yugoslavia. And then in 1991, I think it was Croatia. They all broke up. Yugoslavia broke up. Croatia declared its independence, independence and it's been Croatia ever since. So it's got a fascinating history. Croatia. Um, it was populated by the Greeks. Then the Romans, and we saw huge um, Roman architecture, archi- uh, yeah, examples of Roman architecture, and and Split was pretty much built yeah, the, by the Romans. The old and city in Split really wow, is blew, blew us away. It and we so will stunning. also say that we were, it was just such a clean city. It was really, really lovely really place was, to visit. From from the streets to, and I, and I keep it's an odd thing to mention, but it's something that I noticed the public toilets yeah. as well. Everything was. But really we walked clean. around the streets of the old town of Split, which, as I said, was all Roman built, and there, there are still, you know, areas of it that are Roman columns, and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Lots of but swifts flying around as well. Oh, that was incredible. Um, but yes, yeah, so clean, and uh, we fell in love with Croatia. But so it's got a, it's got a very old history. Like I say, it was became independent in 1991, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about its history because. Um, You're a nature podcast. It's a nature podcast. And again, that was a part of it that I've learned much more about. We saw some of the example of it. We were only there for sort of nine or ten days, so there's a limit to what you can see. But um, one of the things I think that I was, that I've really noticed, and it's actually known for, is the bathing, the, the quality of the sea. Yeah, it was, it was so, so clean, clean. Um, and really just you could see through it essentially it well really it, was it is stunning. amongst the best bathing water quality in europe and that is actually a scientific fact um regularly comes in the top five of all european countries for this distinction um, and the most recent testing for that was done in 2022 and it's right up there with the cleanest bathing water in the whole of europe yeah not it was like crystal us. wasn't um, it wasn't it yeah absolutely actually, crystal did you see where we were we are on that list uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay, I'd be interested to know because I didn't. I, I we, imagine not great. I don't think we'll be in the top five. No. So, um, um, anyway, do you want to talk a bit, little, little bit more about the? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've gone very much at sort of the wildlife, and I've got a friend. Uh, Josh gets a few mentions on there. He actually uh, went out to Croatia. I can't remember whether it was this year or last year, and the photos and the wildlife that he saw were enough to entice me out there uh we obviously we weren't there for a photographic wildlife holiday it was actually just a, a relaxed we, we needed one. a rest didn't we? but yeah. we did take a few opportunities to to have a little look oh, yeah. i didn't realize until i started researching it was the fact that they have almost more endemic species than pretty much every yes. other country in europe yeah. and it turns out that one of the reasons why it's got such a wealth of biodiversity is because of its location it was quite minimally affected by glaciation yeah which means that a lot of species that died out in other regions were able to survive it's got quite a variety of uh habitats but the karst region which is like a, a limestone 
uh, I've actually got the definition of what cast is. It's a topography formed by the dissolution of soluble carbonate rocks, such as limestone, but it, it ends up creating sort of mountainous regions and a lot of caves as well. That creates quite a lot of isolated habitats, yeah. which is a really good way to end up with endemic species because yeah. you get the separation between populations. Um, and also it's got that nice mild Mediterranean climate, which means it's not super hot, it's not super cold. So it yes, is and the, the position very... of it geographically, it's not affected by a lot of the, uh, you know, the Gulf streams yeah. and all of those weather and and um, uh, climate, climate conditions. Yeah, so it does mean that quite a wide range of animals can survive there. You don't need to have specific climate adaptation. So it has just its placement is just quite nice yeah. for, for a lot of animals. It, it, it's one of the richest European countries for biodiversity. Yeah, and um, I've actually got, and I won't list all of them, but apparently it can be divided up into 16 distinct landscapes, uh, which include the, the karst region, yeah. which I've mentioned. Lots of mountains, lots of limestone plateaus, lots of forests as well. Lots you, of islands. Lots <laughs> of islands, and obviously... A, a huge amount of their biodiversity is coastal and, and marine yes, a lot of as marine, well. Yeah. Um, and unlike us, sadly, but like some areas in Europe, they have retained populations of some of the larger mammals like bears, wolves and lynx. Yeah. So they've actually still got some quite impressive... Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you'd cast them as megafauna, but big mammals, which we obviously very much well, of course, where we were in Split, we saw quite a variety of... Uh, of geographical environments we was we was placed halfway up a mountain weren't we but then looking over the coast as well so uh it was fascinating absolutely fascinating and to tie in with some of our episodes about the uk they actually have a incredibly valuable seagrass meadow uh areas or populations i didn't know that obviously we've done an episode did we do a whole episode on we did a whole episode on seagrass And, and how how incredibly rich it can absolutely. be absolutely and obviously we've lost most of ours it's also a really good carbon sink yes, as well and uh, yeah just phenomenal for supporting a variety of yeah. different species and they actually have really valuable uh, i think i haven't written it down but i think the website i was reading said not only nationally but globally valuable ah, okay uh, seagrass meadows that. and again tying in with another one of our episodes they've actually got really valuable wetlands yeah although, which i'll chat about a little bit later they are um one of the most threatened that the line i had from this this website where they have the highest level of biological diversity in the country that being the wetlands yeah but they're also the most threatened habitat which again ties in a little bit more with what we see across yeah. most countries yeah. and what we've talked about here as well obviously yeah yeah um what's interesting is what i found quite interesting was the fact that the uk is famously quite difficult for the public to access the land um there's actually a really good book i haven't read it but it, it's come with a lot of good reviews called Who Owns Britain about the fact that so much of the land is privately owned. Yeah. Um, apparently 78% of the forest vegetation in Croatia is state-owned, oh, okay. which does make some of the managing... It can go either way. Yeah, as far it can as, either be neglected yeah, or... But yeah. if, if you are going to start putting policy in it, having a majority ownership where it's not you're not having yeah. to consider all the other landowners can be a good thing. Um, I'm surprised that... 44% of their land surface is covered in forests and approximately 95% of their forest vegetation exists in a state of natural composition, which is really rare for Europe. Yeah. So the forests that they do have are actually quite healthy. I did is... read they've got 1,244 islands. Yeah, it's a lot of islands. It's a lot of islands. They're not all habitable islands but it's made up of huge amount of islands. But they might be habitable by other animals yeah i meant yeah. by human yeah, no. population but yes absolutely so it's got 10 unesco world heritage sites it's got 12 nature parks eight national parks um uh highest peak in the country is called dinara apparently mm. um and it's really, really good for hiking and climbing. Yeah, so, which we didn't do a lot of. I'd no. love to go and do some hiking. Yeah, in there. fact, just where we were, there were loads and loads of trails. We saw yeah. that board, didn't we? We're so fantastic for mountain biking and for, for hiking. So yeah. I'll only do a few more stats to save it from becoming too stat heavy. Yeah. But I've got the number of known taxa, so that's like species yeah. and subspecies in Croatia, is almost 40,000, but it's estimated to be more like fifty to 100,000. That's just the ones that we've we've found. 
And as I said, very well known for endemic species, about 3% of the known taxa are endemic. Um, but and this, this leads into an unexpected segment that I hadn't planned until right. I started reading. So the largest share of their endemic species, about 70%, are actually cave species. Now, I had no idea about this, but then I ended up writing a section on Croatian cave species because some of them And that's really interesting because actually I didn't do any of that, so I should be interested so to hear this. all I've got is three, four cool cave species, which I had no idea. Um, these were It was under a website called like uh, Croatia's Most Valuable and Rarest Species. And what, but one of them has got to be a bat. No. Oh. So one of them is <laughs> okay. an, it's called the Ogulin Cave Sponge. And right. it's the only subterranean freshwater sponge in the world wow. found in Croatia. You've got a cave congeria, which is the deepest underground animal. No, wrong one. There's the only cave bivalve right. known in the world. Yeah. Then there's a subterranean leech. That's the deepest underground animal found at 1,392 metres below the ground. Wow. And the last one, which is the one I would love to see, but it probably never will, is called the Ulm. Spoke, the Ulm. Sounds o- like something out of Star Wars yeah, it movie, looks doesn't like it? it? It looks like a big pale worm with little legs. It's actually a blind salamander. It's the only European underground vertebrate that is known, and it can live for up to 100 years. That's incredible. And I was just, Isn't that amazing? So I was just researching general Croatian wildlife, and then I went down a rabbit hole. How have I got to the age of 61 and not known about an Ulm? An Ulm. <laughs> They're very <laughs> cool-looking animals. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. so it turns out that they have quite a wealth of interesting and record-breaking animals, being you know, deepest underground animal, only European underground vertebrate, the only subterranean freshwater sponge, the only cave bivalve. It's just awesome. Yeah, It's really cool. Well, the it's biodiversity really- in the country, the more you read, um, it does definitely make you want to go back because there's so much to see. Yeah, and we, we very much only saw a fraction of it. Well, we also saw you know a, a pool and a, a lot bottle of, of beer and a... A lot yeah. of restaurants and a few books, didn't we? So, yeah. um, which was important. Um, okay, so I've got a couple of you know, we normally throw a few little facts in. Yeah, throw some Croatians facts. Croatians famous for dogs, it's the home of the world popular dog breed called Dalmatians. Dalmatian Coast, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dalmatian yeah. Coast. What else have That's I got? I did not know Interesting that. facts. It's the home of the largest Neanderthal community, it has the richest collection of remains of Neanderthal people in the world. That's really cool. That's a really cool fact, isn't well, see, it? See, this is funny because we've got very different research, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I always do the dull facts, don't I? Apparently the pen was invented in Croatia. The pen that you hold in your hand is Croatian. A Croatian, the Croatian, I mean, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name, Slavajub Penkala invented a mechanical pencil called the pen colour in 1906 today we call it a pen okay well considering i not right now but have been holding a samsung s pen i don't think that one was designed that no, probably wasn't and the torpedo is croatian the oh. world's first torpedo was constructed by ivan lupis vukic from croatia that's interesting as well. And then, then I did a little bit because, you know, I love my sport and I certainly love my football. And there's some very famous football players, particularly Luka Modric. And also their football team has been so much more successful yeah. than ours. Well, they beat well, us in the final, World Cup didn't final they? in 2018. Yeah. Beat us in the Euros. Um, regularly now in in the certainly get to the semi-final. I think we heard him, didn't we? We heard the fans yes. cheering because yes. they were playing they were in Spain. The national, in the national... Yeah. Um, Big sport in Big sport. Croatia. And, of course, you won't remember him, but I do remember Goran Ivanisevic, who was a very famous tennis player, graced Wimbledon many times. I think he might even have won Wimbledon once. But um, So they they love their sport. They particularly love their football. Um, what else have I got? Anything else that's... Oh, lavender, apparently. Or originates there. Yeah, it's or... very, very... We uh, saw a lot of lavender oil shops, actually, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, they're really, really famous for their lavender, particularly on the island of Havar in Croatia. The island offers ideal conditions for growing lavender. Hmm. And every year they have a lavender festival. Um, and, of course, yeah, we did see lots of lavender... Oils ba- and Oils things, and based yeah. products. So they're very famous for their lavender. Um, Interesting. Well, yeah, that's pretty much it with the with the facts, I think. Well, so. back on to... The wildlife, yeah, moving slightly more towards 
uh, our normal topics of threatened species yeah. and, and pressures. So I've got that there are about 3,000 species across 16 taxa that are on the Croatian red list, out of which about 45% are in that threatened category. Yeah. Uh, the largest share of threatened species are actually the freshwater fish, which sit about 42%, followed by the cave fauna, which obviously I've already right. mentioned at 37%, yeah. and weirdly snails at 25%. Oh, I wonder why that is. Um, there are a variety of measures in place to try and protect uh, their wildlife. Currently, there are 1,191 protected areas, and about 38% of terrestrial habitats yeah. lie within protected areas, and about 9% of marine coastal marine waters rather are so protected the, so have they got similar issues to their sort of wetland areas that we have here where they're yeah, being so, drained and they're being reclaimed and so i've got and i will try and not be too long <laughs> try to take too long going through these but so the pressures on biodiversity are unsurprisingly quite similar to what the things that we normally talk about whenever we chat about our habitat so Loss of biological and landscape diversity is mainly caused by habitat loss, fragmentation, mainly due to agricultural activities, yeah. industrial development, invasive species, pollution and climate change. Yeah. So very much the normal contenders. Yeah. Uh, one of the big factors for the marine animals is urbanisation and, and development across the coast. Which obviously, the amount of boats coming in and out, yeah. the developments along the coast will increase things like pollution and just general human activity. Um, I think now this is a bit of a, a niche statistic because it's actually specifically for uh, vascular plants, but around 62% of the threats to those plants are related to human influences. Yeah. Because it, it was a study on yeah. plants. Uh, yeah, so it's very much the normal contenders. We've got things like the forests are predominantly threatened by pollution, inappropriate water management, so again, very similar to us, as well as agricultural land, so clearing of forests for agriculture. Yeah. Um, some of the largest threats to marine and coastal biodiversity are things like excessive fishing, which is a huge one. The trawling um, obviously disrupts whole all the levels from from the bottom to the middle. The whole ecosystem it, it um, destroys, doesn't it? They, they also have a slight issue with an absence of no take zones, so areas where you can't take fish. Um, and it was just described as ineffective supervision, but monitoring fishing is famously difficult yeah. it's a really hard thing to regulate hence why there's so many illegal activities with whales and dolphins it's not if the sea's a big place yeah it's course. very hard to actually manage um when it comes to freshwater fish obviously they uh, they occupy the largest percentage of the threatened species one of the problems they have are things like stocking of invasive species for uh, aquaculture which again is very wide um a widely faced issue pollution uh, as well as actually the construction of hydroelectric power oh, plants, okay. which you know there's one of those it's always a cost yeah uh, benefit analysis when it comes to those sorts of things the caves uh, often sit in tidal regions and so pollution and activities from tourists again impact the cave fauna because the pollution gets washed into the caves. It's that ripple effect we talk yeah. about you'll all also the time. have tourists and again it's a, a cost benefit analysis to be done where a lot of the money in croatia and some of that money will go back into protecting it but tourists have an impact we saw for example we went to the um Kirka national park which yes. is waterfalls absolutely phenomenal uh, place uh, stunningly beautiful one of the most beautiful places i've yeah. ever been i've also never seen such a variety of damselflies in one place it was heaving wasn't it, with um, it was but incredible famously you can swim in in those waterfalls and you know, it's, in, it's on all the guidebooks. We actually rocked up with our swimming yeah, gear yeah. and then realised that since January of 2021, I think it was, they've stopped swimming because of the impact it was having yeah. on the ecology. And that's, but not, that's a good thing. It's a good it? thing. I'd good much thing rather not swim and know that people are taking an active interest yeah. in looking after the wildlife because yeah. the wildlife there was oh, it insane. Was amazing. But if you think, I think you mentioned that they limit the park to 10,000 guests a day. Yeah. And if you think you've got, I don't know, let's say maybe like five or six thousand of those swimming, not only is that walking in and out disrupting yeah. sort of uh, But it's all the chemicals we carry on our bodies, yeah, like sun creams sun, yeah. and so, perfumes and all of those things. That so we, you are getting some measures have, like yeah. that uh, being put in place, which is fantastic. But again, tourism is one of those things where it brings well, in it, money, but it causes some issues. It, it's really tricky because we talked to that girl on the on, when we went on our boat trip 
And uh, she was saying, obviously, the pandemic hit their country really hard because tourism is a big thing for them. And um, and now they're obviously trying to promote it again and encourage people to go to Croatia. She was made up with very the fact passionate about how it. how much we loved her country, and she was, you know, she was really really passionate about it. So tourism. Obviously, for these countries that have lost a lot of revenue, uh, is important. There's all those livelihoods, so it's a really hard balancing it's act, just isn't it? Trying to, yeah, it's trying to do it in a way that isn't too disruptive. Yeah, and I'm not sure that the, that any country cracks that really. No, uh, because is, at the end of the day, it's about livelihoods and money. Yeah, and there and, is a thing called eco tourism, and and it will be, for example, I know, and I can't remember exactly what the changes are, but in australia obviously you've got things like the boat trips that go out to sea sharks but they yeah. realize that actually throwing a load of food off the boats for sharks is not necessarily the best thing for the yeah. environment and so you find eco tourist attractions where they allow wildlife viewing or wildlife and nature experiences but maybe you lose some of the close interaction but it's better for the environment yeah. at whole but again it's they will typically maybe be a bit more expensive or it's it's tricky to get that awareness out And there. you are finding places like we've just mentioned there, this Kirka National Park, where they're obviously very aware of the impact of people. thousands of people. So they are now limiting things. They were doing the same thing on a slightly different tangent, but, but the same kind of thing. They're doing the same thing with Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik is a, a historical UNESCO site. And, of course, we were having... It was such a... a obviously, with the Game of Thrones link yeah um, it became a bit of a it became spot. a massive hot spot and of course all the big cruise ships were coming in as well and they they realized that all of that footfall is very quickly destroying the the city at an alarming rate so they're now limiting cruise ships coming in they're limiting the the footfall in the in the city at any one time because they're realizing the devastating impact of so many feet and people yeah. visiting so and it's exactly they did a they did a similar thing with that cove i think it's in thailand it was a james really really famous james bond uh, location Scene. yeah and lots of people visited it and swam in this beautiful cove that's surrounded by cliffs and beautiful stunning turquoise water and and then so many people were doing they've actually stopped it completely they've stopped boats going in there because again the ecosystem was gradually being um disrupted yeah. and, and, and destroyed it, and it was having a huge ecological um impact so they've actually stopped it and they've, they've i think for maybe five or six years they've, they've said it's got to be stopped because it is, it is a good so thing to more see. and more there's an awareness that yeah. they're having to do that but it's such a fine balancing act because Life croatia needs revenue and income yeah. and these people need income so it's really really hard isn't it yeah so. the the last few things i'll say on the pressures are the saltwater lakes uh are under a particular threat at the moment as well uh the a bit like, I mean, very relevant to me, but um, a bit like the UK, they have issues with illegal sewage disposal in yeah. the lakes. Yeah. And the other huge one is excessive fishing. And I didn't realise that apparently lobsters and groupers um, are now extremely rare in these lakes because right. of just too much fishing. And as I've mentioned, they've got globally valuable seagrass meadows, which are threatened by anchoring and trawling. Yeah. So again, just as yeah, but same the difference thing. is obviously we've lost most of ours, yeah. so they very much need to look after them while they yeah. while they still have them. I mean I don't know I didn't look into this. I don't know um you know how the Croatian government is dealing with that or whether it's actually up you know putting policy well, and regulation in place for that. So I, I've kept this relatively short, even though it's the more positive side of things, because the website and the article that I was reading had a huge amount of information to the point where it it could have ended up being an episode in itself. about the Because unlike where we look at the work being done to protect a curlew, this is the work being done across the entire country. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of information. Yeah. Um, but as to end that section on a small sort of a few positive uh, notes... Uh, they've been taking actions to achieve the what it's called the I'm not going to butcher this pronunciation, but Aichi Aichi biodiversity targets. Yeah. Um, essentially, progress has been made into inventorying and evaluating their biological landscape uh, and developing new legislation. Essentially, and some of the achievements include 33 new protected areas. Um, they've moved into management plans for four new national parks one nature park, um, as well as a whole new network of regulation 
just just around their ecology. So they are on so it. And this was only one of, I think, about four different, right. I said, I can't pronounce it, but targets. Yeah. There were like yeah. four different programs, all with targets, all with achievements. And so yeah. there are things in place. Yeah. I think it's relatively well known that the wildlife is actually quite a big tourist draw. Yes. You've even got organizations, I don't know whether you've heard of them, but a lot of people will know of Operation Wallaceer. No, I don't know that. So when I was at A-level and at university, they run conservation programs all over the world. And then people go and volunteer or work there. So people at university would go for a summer to Guyana and they would do however many months working on a conservation project. There are quite a few of those also in Croatia where people go and work on the conservation. So there's even that sort of, I don't know whether you'd call that tourism, but that sort of draw to the country to come and look at the incredible wildlife and help conserve yeah. it and stuff so there are quite a lot of organizations that run those sorts of programs ah, okay. so there is definitely an awareness yeah. about sort of the value of their wildlife which is really nice to see well and also talk let's move on a little bit to that then because some of the wildlife obviously there are there are species in croatia that we just don't get here we used to have many many yeah, years ago the bears, like bears wolves and, and wolves links. and there's a Balkan lynx uh, that they have over there we didn't see any of those no, when we, we were there i'd have loved to have seen a wolf I'd love to have seen a lynx. And a lynx, but obviously... And a bear. I'm not sure about seeing a bear, because I think it might be a bit scary. From a distance. Yeah, from a distance. Um, So they have lots of... And from my point of view, um, their bird uh, population and species, uh, they've got some really good stuff there. And we saw a little bit of that, uh, which was great. I saw things there that I, I I don't see here. Um, the shrike being a particular favourite of mine. The shrike was absolutely beautiful. The golden oriole, which we do get here. They're a passage migrant in the UK, but very briefly. Yeah, I've, they I've not they seen fly them. through May June time, but they're a very rare sight here. Um, we were surrounded by them, yeah. weren't we? We could hear Fan- them all the time. Fantastic call that they had that was just hilarious and uh, absolutely stunningly beautiful, vibrant yellow and black bird. Uh, sort of the size of about a thrush, blackbird size, and they were absolutely beautiful. And we had males and females flying around us, and I've that got nesting a, got ones a few well, pictures of nesting ones, yeah, which was great. Um, hoopy we saw, which we do get here, but yeah, I'm again, still not entirely sure how you say it, but we'll go with hoopy. Yeah, well, you, I think it is hoopy. Um, which are the, again, stunning. and there's they've got a fantastic bird of prey population out there, a lot of eagles. Yeah, um, which I think we saw one in a great distance. Didn't we? I saw that a short toed eagle, which I now have ID'd as a short toed eagle, otherwise known as a snake eagle, actually, because they're pretty much their their exclusive diet is snakes and reptiles. And um, I, I'm pretty confident that I've ID'd that as a short toed eagle we saw lots of kestrels as well didn't they? yeah and i think we saw sparrowhawk as and well, sparrowhawk we? we saw which um, all things that you can see in the uk but we don't see them that many uh, no, that often rather but they've got things like a griffon griffon vulture which i loved yeah. i wish we'd seen a vulture they've, they've got a really good population of golden eagle as well um and scops owls yeah which we would have loved oh, to I'd have loved seen. To seen a scops owl um but I can't be greedy because we did see some and good stuff. As we mentioned, it we weren't out on a wildlife tour, hunting, you know, going out late at night looking for yeah. animals. It was very much what we saw around the villa, yeah. Um, rather yeah. than it was like I say, it wasn't a it wasn't a wildlife. Uh, I mean, I had a cracking time for wildlife from an insect point of view. Yes, yeah, um, you were you were falling over them. Every, you didn't yeah, know where to point your camera, particularly when we went to Kirka National Park. We walked down that boardwalk yeah, all through the wetlands and the waterfalls of Kirka National Park. If you ever get a chance to go to Kirka incredible. National Park, but we would definitely recommend going early in the day. Yes, because it got we very busy. Got the boardwalk, or not to, to ourselves as an exaggeration, but there was no queue. It was very quiet. It, I it opens at eight in the morning, and I'd recommend you get there ten minutes early and yeah. go through at eight because. The thing about Kirka National Park is you, you can people can actually take a boat from Split um, and get to Kirka National Park via waterways, and they were coming in by the boatload by midday. Yeah, and it, they all come to see the waterfalls, which are incredible, unbelievably stunningly beautiful. But so we managed to. I mean, as we were walking down, I, I was very much stopping and taking photos, and it wasn't in anybody's way. Yeah, we got to the bridge that overlooks the waterfall 
you know, took our photos and, and enjoyed it. And then when we tried to leave across that bridge, it was like a fight yeah. to get across. Yeah, so it was very, early morning is definitely the what, way a, to what go. an amazing place. And, and of course, we only saw a fraction yeah, of that national park because you could take there were islands in the middle of the lakes and woodland all surrounding. I'd it. love to do one of the big hikes around the park. You could as well. hike all around the park, but you could also take a boat out. There are two or three islands sitting in the middle of the the, the lake. And, I think one has a lock. monastery on it as well. And, and um, you could you you wouldn't see it all in two days, but but so we we saw uh, a good chunk of it in the morning and it was oh it was we were blown yeah, away yeah we really were louise and i both um we just couldn't get over how yeah. beautiful it was absolutely blown away anyway going just slightly going back to the to why the bird population is really um important in croatia is it it's kind of on that migration corridor yeah, the european migration Africa. corridor and it is actually uh, a breeding area for some really globally endangered bird species so it's a you know i need to go back there and spend more time i need to go back actually on a wildlife yeah i'd um, love to go and photographic holiday at croatia because i'd love to go out in in sort of dusky times especially from looking at because from my point of view there's so many species there that i don't see here um and i probably saw more swifts in um in croatia than certainly we've done an episode on them as well haven't we've done an episode on those and Sitting in the old town of Split, uh, in a little restaurant, open air restaurant with a beer, watching these swifts, almost like having little races down the channels between the buildings, and the sound of them was incredible, yeah, it was wasn't fantastic. it? And it was just a, it was it was yeah, it gave me goosebumps. It was absolutely amazing to see so many swifts when they're so endangered here, um, and I've probably seen two or three we swifts. Be, yeah, we see them in sort of ones twos ones maybe and twos threes, and we were seeing were... them in in groups of eight ten twelve oh, or more than that easily in when we were sitting in split there was easily Group, 20 yeah, 30 it was incredible and it was so through. good to see but there there's i'm not going to go through all the species because but there's so many species of birds like i say because it's on that migration corridor where birds are going down to um you know to southern sahara and places like that and and it's right in that corridor um and they come back and go divide all over europe when they're coming north um yeah fantastic i I was and of course i was the the national bird of croatia is the nightingale and we did um, see a lot well we heard a lot of nightingales and i will tell you i've only ever seen and photographed a nightingale here once and that was at rspb pulver brooks i was really early in the morning five o'clock in the morning i was walking around on my own listening to this incredible song um and very lucky to get a picture of a nightingale. It's the only time I've ever got one. We were we were woken up every morning by nightingales yeah, and serenaded every dusk by nightingales. It's an incredible got a sound to listen to. Every single day for ten days, dawn and dusk, listening to nightingales was just special. Yeah, it wasn't. It was really. It really was special. Lovely. And and again, if you've never heard a nightingale sing, it's extraordinary. They have. They they have the most amount of sounds and phrases probably of any bird in the world. For example, ten times more phrases and notes and sounds than a blackbird, and a blackbird's got quite a lot. Yeah, maybe um, maybe an episode. Yeah, and I I wrote an article um, as Might part of, as part of my RSPB volunteering job. I wrote a whole article about nightingales because again they're red listed and very threatened here. Um, national bird of Croatia. Which again, I didn't know till we visited, and and we were surrounded by them, yeah. really. and that was that. I say that was very special. So, um, so yeah. So from from my point of view, a lot of the insects and the invertebrates that I saw and photographed, we get quite a lot of them here as well. But it was just the abundance of them. Yeah. Uh, and as anybody who's listened to the previous episodes, when it comes to catch up, I haven't been out with my camera really uh, this year. And so it was a really nice way to start what I call the photographic season. Um, the You've few, got some amazing dragonfly, and got um, some, we had a dragonfly that kept hovering over the pool. Yeah. And it was a bit of a battle, but I did. I think I've got a nice shot. Yeah. Um, saw a couple of beautiful jumping spiders, bee flies, um, bee fly, the violet carpenter bee, which yeah. was just massive. And I we think, saw swallowtail butterflies as well. Yeah. I never got a picture of them, but I also uh, probably the highlight were the crab spiders yeah we have one that was sat inside we spoke about lavender there was a lavender on the property and it sat was lived inside the lavender absolute bud. tiny little thing but when you got near it and put pointed the camera its front legs came out it got really salty got, didn't got it? a bit boisterous yeah. about the fact that i was, <laughs> was trying to fun. take photos and it was just 
the the recurring theme is I've got lots of photos and not a lot of identification yet because uh, I haven't necessarily got the, the best guide. But so many um, orthopterans like grasshoppers and crickets were just everywhere. Yeah, so actually, you had a lot crickets. more choice than I did, didn't I? I mean, yeah. I was taking pictures of lots of birds of prey going over the villa, but the golden golden orioles, I got, I, I spent a lot of time getting pictures of those. But you were absolutely oh, spoiled. Yeah. You didn't know which way to point your camera no, half every, the time. There were yeah, particularly so when many. we walked down that boardwalk in Kirk. Yeah, that was, that was I've never unreal. seen so many damselflies in one place. Yeah, that they was were it incredible. Was, it really was crazy. Yeah. Oh, and a little special mention to the stunning frogs that we saw as oh, well. Yes. We heard and the, them and the sound of those call, frogs was Which I think fantastic. I did get a nice photo of yeah. that as well. But yeah, the invertebrate life out there was, was stunning. Actually, the first time, I will mention this, uh, in Kirka National Park, first time I've actually got a unobstructed uh, a, a clear view and photograph of a Chetty's warbler. Oh yeah, of which course. I've been trying for two years to get a picture of a Chetty's warbler, which I hear a lot of, and we do have a lot of them here. I mean, I'm walking around the wetlands, like the, the Arundel Wetlands Centre and uh, the reed beds down uh, on the banks of the River Arran. Chetty's warbler's got very distinctive. I mean, warbler's got a very scratchy sort of call anyway, but the Chetty's have got a very very distinctive call and I hear them and they're buried they, they hop about in amongst the base of the reed beds and you get little glimpses of a brown tail and a brown and you never get a clear picture and I've got a picture of Chetty's Warbler so I was well happy yeah with that. that's a nice one to come yeah, away with that was really cool um we've probably been chatting for quite a yeah, while we have now. actually I think we've so done 46 minutes so far. just to sort of round up if you were to go back what is I don't know one or two species that you would just absolutely love to see well i talked about the griffin vulture i'd love to see a griffin vulture and the scops owl we've already mentioned um but they've got some they've got about seven or eight eagles golden eagle of course you could see them here up in scotland but not very easily to not very easily and they've got a good population of golden eagle probably if i had to pick one it would be the griffin vulture because i think that would be pretty spectacular to see one of them um and the scops owl of course yeah so uh, yeah so that that would be that for me they've got um they've got sheer waters over there as well which are absolutely beautiful and and of course the bee eater you do get bee eaters here um again i think in fact i was in a teams meeting with the rspb team the other day and i think the line manager on that mentioned that you know what these you know i'm not a I'm not a Twitcher. You need a I'm Twitcher a bird app, photographer. Because there are the apps that But the Twitchers you. have gone absolutely mad because bee eaters have been seen in the UK. I, I can't remember the location. It might have been Norfolk. I can't remember where it was. But there's been sightings of bee eaters and all the Twitchers have gone Flocks absolutely... There. Yeah, got absolutely mental trying to see them. So I'd love to see yeah. bee eaters. So um, that's it for me, really. So apart from the obvious being, I'd love to see something mental like a lynx. Oh um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I was talking mainly birds. Yeah. I would be yeah, lynx. To of see course, that, yeah. those sorts of animals, yeah. and to, also you know, get quite a lot of sharks in those waters. Yeah. So that, but not quite on brand. I'd love to have seen the horned viper. That was something I would have liked to have seen. Of course, they have horned vipers. They've got they? quite a lot of snakes out there. Yeah. So I would have loved to have seen the horned viper. Very venomous, the horned viper. I would have to go. It's a bit like with most snakes, unless you're in a proper tropical area, you, you sort of have to go looking for them rather yeah. than not going to fall over them. From an invert point of view, I would have quite liked to have seen the um, uh, Mediterranean European black widow because it's actual Latrodectus yes. yeah. spider would have been cool. Very venomous, the black They're widow. They're not that bad. Um, <laughs> you, just, you just want all the, all all, the dangerous all the stuff. Yeah. Don't you? You've not... got a lynx, a viper and a black widow yeah. spider. <laughs> Um, is there anything, anything you can get reasonably close to the way you're not going to die? Uh, not, they wouldn't kill you, it'd be alright. Although I think the advice for uh, getting bitten by the horned viper was lie still and phone emergency services. I, I think the horned viper might do you a little bit of damage. Mate. Possibly, In fact, when we, we were, we, you and I would go on a little little jancy walk like we did occasionally, leaving the girls around the pool and everything, and we'd go take our cameras and go and do a little walk around the, some of the countryside, didn't we, that was around the villa, and I was quite wary thinking what happens if we come face to face with a horned viper which they appear to have here and we are in the to mountains be fair, and... i think i was most at risk uh walking through in my swimmers and flip-flops to uh, yes. retrieve our pool you, volleyball you did you did actually get um 
attacked by some red ants, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we also did get eaten alive by mosquitoes. Oh, I've never had alive. so many bites. Really got to yeah. take some insect cream with you. The, um, <laughs> the last one, which again, I'm afraid isn't an invertebrate, and we're going snake again, is the uh, European cat snake. It's something I would right. like to have seen just because it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it, it, as far as the inverts go, just all of them, they're yeah. all stunning. And it was awesome to see just such a... Such a variety in, in, in a small... Again, like I saw weevils species, which I think I would see in the UK, but they were just everywhere. Yeah. So it was just the abundance more than more than anything else for yeah. me. Yeah, but absolutely. So we place. will... There's there's no question we will go back to Croatia. Yeah, and I think we... fell we, in love with it. We um, probably, the climate's great. Um, the people were friendly. The food was lovely. The food was great. The place is clean. The sea is crystal. And um, very nice as well. And the wildlife's amazing. So, you know... We need to go back for a wildlife specific yeah, holiday now that we've and there are we we you know saw a fraction of one of the national parks which absolutely blew us away and there are there are eight or ten of those uh environments to go and visit every one uh, have write-ups and reviews saying oh my god absolutely yeah. stunning so but, so croatia is a beautiful country and absolutely full of biodiversity yeah and i think because originally before we went we we said we would come back and do a podcast and we'd probably talk about our trip um but given that it was more of a relaxed holiday rather than a photography holiday it's been quite a nice excuse to just learn more about the country learn why their wildlife is so uh why it's got such a rich sort of assortment of wildlife um as well as looking at the, the pressures and the work that's being done to save them. So hopefully it's been interesting to hear yeah. about a country that's different. Otherwise, yeah. it's, we're very much UK-based, so it's nice to just do something slightly different. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I've really enjoyed it because we could kind of relate to it from the from the point of view of just coming back from there. So uh, it's been really fun to learn lots more about Croatia, and, yeah. and like I say, we will definitely be going back. And I would thoroughly recommend, if you haven't been to Croatia, go there. Yeah, and so that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. If you keep an eye on both of our Instagram profiles, you'll probably see more and more Croatian photos pop up. I, I will mention the Z9 image, yeah. I, first um, one posted. So. I have not got... I've, I took, I think, something like 800 photos, and I have not had a second to sit down and edit. Yeah. Uh, You've so, probably got more to edit than I have, actually, because you had a, yeah, had huge, a great time. huge choice. Yeah. Of, so uh, keep an eye out for some Croatian photos. Yeah. Um, we've noticed a few people have gone and given us rating on Spotify. Yes, thank you so, so much really that. appreciate that. And if, if people do enjoy it, then, then please do just go and give us a little rating on Spotify because it helps the visibility of the podcast. And, uh, but yeah, those I'm very grateful for that. Done, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's lovely to see. Um, other than that, it's good to be back. It's great to be back. Thanks for listening. Not sure what the next episode is going to be, but watch out for it'll be it. Our 20th. It so. will be our 20th. It might be something, yeah, we'll do a bit of fun stuff for the 20th. Uh, so. But yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks Bye. very much. Bye.